0: Yo, what's up everybody? Don Martelli back with the PR Bunker Podcast. Uh, Today we're talking to a friend of mine at Georgetown University who's teaching and corrupting the young minds of tomorrow in the PR profession. So we talk about what that's all about in today's new media landscape. So check it out. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the PR Bunker podcast. Um, Really excited about this one. Got my friend Kerry on the line here to talk about all things PR, marketing, digital integration, education, and corrupting young minds. And one of the more prestigious schools that we'll get into in a little bit. But Kerry, thank you for joining me today.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm here for the poo-poo platter of topics.
0: There you go, there you go, yeah, and here in the BR bunker we cover just about anything and everything, but uh, hopefully today we'll stick to the PR marketing world, but I, I do appreciate the time. Uh, for, for those that don't know you, introduce yourself and give us a little flavor about who you are, what you do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I am Carrie O'Grady, Prof O is what I'm called at Georgetown University, where I teach and I'm a faculty director of the Masters in Public Relations and Corporate Communications Program. I've been at this gig for about a year. I was at eight years uh, running NYU's program before that. And then I was in corporate. So I come from the corporate world. I was at MSNL and, you know, Meredith and Rodale when it still existed (laughs) to other places so i have uh, in total about 15 plus years and uh yeah i love it every day
0: yeah it seems like our paths have crossed a number of times over the years uh for us young chickens out there i think it's with northeastern msnl i mean you name it i think we've crossed paths in a number of ways but it's uh, it's funny how the world works that way us those folks in pr we always come back to each other in some way shape or form right
1: always that's why you gotta be nice to everybody
0: well i remember um i'm not i think No, maybe six, seven months ago, you invited me to uh, corrupt some of the minds in your class about thought leadership. And I was like, all right, a a room full of young minds. And I I have the microphone. I could talk as long as I, well, not as long as I want, but as long, you know, for a few minutes, I was, hell yeah, let's do this. And I think we talked about thought leadership. Um, Love for you to talk about how you talk about thought leadership with your class. And for me as a former print reporter, it means one thing, but as you're discussing thought leadership in the grand scheme of PR and marketing communications, how is it framed in the education world these days? And what are you talking about to your students about uh, as it pertains to thought leadership?
1: Yeah, well, first and foremost, you did an excellent job corrupting the young <laughs> minds of my students. So just- the, check,
0: the check is in the mail. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know um, I love that you brought in the differentiation because um, even in PR, thought leadership has morphed in the past year, I think, uh, with COVID and social injustice and the election, right? I think- pre-COVID thought leadership for PR was let's get our CEO out there to be an expert in something. Let's have him do a speech. Let's have him do a conference or him or her. Um, And now it's really about being that brand or that individual that people want to seek information from because you're trustworthy and you're Mm -hmm. credible. And that is what people are looking for right now. So it's more along the lines of how you present yourself, the ethics that you put out there in the marketplace and how uh, your reputation is really becoming more of a a persona um, in the marketplace. And so where do customers and stakeholders get their information usually from their peers? And we want a brand or a CEO to be a peer at this point.
0: Sure, sure. So that said, how are you functionally teaching the students about activating thought leadership campaigns? What, what, what goes into activating that campaign?
1: Yeah. So right now we're really teaching students. Uh, we're actually kind of going back to basics a little bit, which is interesting. Um, I think, PR has has morphed into over the past ten years, especially has been uh, you know we had the press releases and we had the the faxes and all that that stuff, and then mm-hmm. we got to like ooh big shiny social media ooh let's do everything on there right, and now we're really focusing on the person uh, and the humanity and that. Um, actual traditional definition of building mutually beneficial relationships between an organization and its publics right, so what we're doing in campaigns is thinking about what's the value and why should they care the key stakeholders. And if you can't answer that question, then it's not going in the campaign, period. Um, And that's really hard for students to understand. I love my students who are listening right now, but it's really hard for students to understand because they wanna jump to tactics right away. They wanna jump to tactics. Oh, we can put this person here. We can do this, we can do this. And I'm like, what's the value? Why does your stakeholder care? What's the benefit to them? If you can't answer that, then it shouldn't be going into campaign. It's more important for uh, PR practitioners to know the audience they're going after inside and out demographics, psychographics, and insights. And then you can create the tactics that are going to engage them.
0: Mm, it's funny because we have clients, the Belfort group and folks that I've worked in the past that always talk about, well, we, we need to be on, um, you know, enter social media channel name here. And I always ask the question, why? Well, we think because that's where, our, that's where we want to communicate best with our audience. Well, why? I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm a th- three-year-old. Why? 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 And eventually, there's a business case for activation. But to your point, it's about the audience and the action you're trying to evoke versus the channel. The channels are just you know part of the execution. It's just really that psychographic and the the, the journey you're trying to take that customer on uh, that's really important. So it's good that you're corrupting minds in that particular way. What about um what about measurement? I mean, thought leadership is one of those things where you know, if I'm if I'm selling widgets, I can measure that I've sold 50 units of widgets. How are you talking to your students about sort of just the effectiveness of these campaigns in quote unquote measurement which is a a tough thing in pr right i mean pr has always been knocked about impressions and page views and things like well just views in general listen their ears i mean how do you how do you measure a thought leadership uh, thought leadership campaign
1: well I, i find it really interesting that you said that because i think you know even though we have like personal principles and we have like all of these things now that are like supposed to measure public relations right What we're really measuring is hearts and minds. And I know that seems very subjective, but you actually can measure those things. Um, And so what we're what I'm doing is teaching students that you have to look at sentiment, you have to look at how people are being covered in the news. How your clients are being talked about online, you need to actually understand who's engaging with these posts and what they're saying likes don't matter even sometimes share, uh, maybe unpopular opinion, but shares (laughs) don't really matter that much either, I Mm -hmm. don't think. Um, It's really about the conversation that's happening on the platform. And what you wanna do, and this is, I just taught this the other night, you want to look at positive, negative, neutral, okay? Whatever is being said in the marketplace. And you wanna actually count and figure out who's saying the good stuff, who's saying the bad stuff. And then I want you to focus on those neutrals Because those are the people that are going to either make the sale, get Mm -hmm. you to where you need to be. Um, And then the other thing about measurement um, that's interesting that people don't think about is that it's not just about the end results. It's not about the end game. Engagement is everything. It's Mm -hmm. asking for more information. It's Mm -hmm. clicking on something. It's getting interested in something. It's responding to your tweet. So Traditional metrics need to go out the window and we Mm -hmm. need to get more creative about how we're actually changing opinions and um, changing minds about things.
0: Yeah, your point about action is is one that hits home because that's often what marketing, communications and PR is about, just getting people to do something, right? And one little case study I want to bring up that I'd love to get your take on, which is a, a new way to do influencer relations, I feel. So we, we, have, uh, we have a very loud white German shepherd who likes to bark at everything, right? And so we post photos obnoxiously about Daisy Martelli on all social media channels. Follow her at Daisy Martelli on Instagram, by the way. Um, and oftentimes we'll get hit up by just brands. Oh, we love to use this photo in our campaign, blah, blah, blah. And we, we just say yes because we love it. Obviously, it's good exposure for the family. But uh, the other day, had a company reach out um, on a post about the dog and they were offering us to um, have the dog be included as a, a, a like an ambassador of the brand, right, and be featured in their content and blah blah. blah. So like, this would be great. I'd love to do it. So I get a d- direct message from the folks managing the channel, basically saying, "Well, for you to, to move forward, we'd love to, you know, check out, look at the products on our website. You know, here's a very steeply discounted code, basically almost asking me to buy a product, to use the product with Daisy, so we could take photos of her and then promote it." But I'm thinking, okay. One, they played into the fact that they know I love my dog and I want to promote her because I want to have her on social media because she's a good looking dog and I think it's pretty cool. But then they're also dangling in front of me, you know, the fact that I can quote unquote buy their product, which is basically they're selling me to buy the product as a way to become an ambassador. I'm like, that's a whole new way of of influencer sales marketing, not influencer relations, but really using the influencer marketing kind of bucket in the feeling of influence to drive sales, I said, that's pretty creative. I'm totally going to rip and steal that somehow. I'm going to use that for one of my clients. But I just, I mean, it, it, what I'm bleeding towards is a question here, which is basically, no, you know, I'm sure you can teach yourself over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. How has your curriculum changed? And where are you thinking about moving things forward in the next month, two, year, Where are things headed in terms of just the the delivery of education and curriculum when it comes to PR? Because this is an ever-changing world, an ever-changing industry, and you have to be on the super edge of that because the folks you're educating won't be really working like we have been for another, what, year, two, three, four, who knows? How is it changing? What are you doing to, to address it?
1: Yeah, I actually would just like, love to comment on your influencer part of that for just a second. Feel free, fire away. Because like to get my take on that, it's actually very common now um, for people to reach out, brands to reach out and have Mm. you pay to be an influencer. And Mm -hmm. the reason why that is, is because Everybody these days wants to be an oh, influencer, so there's that aspirational component of a, of a brand reaching out to you to say, "I want you to rep my product. Here's your discount code, and all of that." And people are actually falling for it. Um, but for all of you out there, know that that is not influencer relations. Mm. That is pay for play. Mm-hmm. And yeah, good point. That, that's that's a completely different uh, schema. Um, but that's a no, podcast for a different day. Yeah.
0: Well, do you cover influence relations at all in your in your coursework?
1: Oh yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. And you know, influencer has such a it has morphed into a jargony term, right? Sure, big Everybody time. is an influencer now. And really at the, at the end of the day, nobody's an influencer. People gravitate to who they trust and who they want to listen to,
0: mm, good point. and
1: that is an influencer. So if you're going to pick an influencer for something, I put that in air quotes for all of you cuz I <laughs> I honestly think there needs to be a better term than influencer. Yeah. Somebody who can make change on a certain topic, who can influence decisions made about that product or service, that is who you want to be a spokesperson for your brand. And you mm. do not ask them to pay for their mm. engagement.
0: For mm. that. Valid.
1: So Daisy deserves better. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Woof. Dude, it right. Better. Hashtag woof. I love it. Now how about, um, uh, like I mean, when, when, yeah, well, when I was in school, you yeah, know, I, I remember like I, I left the business, program in northeastern to because i I hated the math and the the next six months was a co-op and they threw a a co-op at the globe at me and i was like i don't i'm not a journalist i think i can write but i'll give this a shot and it stuck clearly because i'm in the business but influencer relations wasn't a thing when i was in northeastern and taking those courses so like what you've got to teach is it's it's much deeper and vast than what i had to learn what you had to learn what does that look like from a from a curriculum design you know how do you stay ahead of it all i mean what's that madness look like
1: Yeah, no, and that's a great term to use. It is madness. You know, Um, I spend so much time, so many late nights, so many weekends, just looking at influencers in our space, like thought leaders in, in our space. What are they talking about? What are employers looking for? Peeling through job uh, listings to see what's going on. And then I'm also watching where the news is going because PR practitioners help create that news, right? And so what do we need to be prepared for? What are people looking for? And so um, what we're doing right now at Georgetown in our, in our program is that we're trying not to be trendy we're trying to be long-term because i'll be honest a lot of our competitors um, are Smart. like hey there's a diversity problem let's mm-hmm. throw in a diversity class or sure. let's uh you know let oh let's social media crisis is a problem now so let's mm-hmm. do that and it's like that's not the answer i don't think it's the answer yeah i think that you need to be looking at the root cause of that problem what's mm-hmm. the root cause of a social media crisis what's the root cause of a social injustice issue mm-hmm. um, and we're really creating our curriculum around that so for example we just launched uh, a PR uh, history class that is all about calling culture um, with the students. And Mm. what I mean by that is that we realize that a lot of our students don't understand the history that got us here, right? How did we we get to where we were last year with George Floyd's murder? How Mm. did we get here? Well, we have 400 years of history that you need to figure out Mm -hmm. and we're not gonna teach you 400 years of history, but we sure as heck are gonna tell you about the people that you need to be mindful of when you're making decisions for your client that really influence this space. Smart. Same thing with uh, COVID-19. You know, a lot, of, um, a lot of educational institutions are putting in COVID classes. And, you know, we uh, at my team, who's amazing, we were like, no, what needs to happen is a, an emergency and disaster management class that is cross-listed with the experts who do it in the emergency and disaster management program. So Mm. now we have a very specialized curriculum that has the PR students in the same class as the emergency and disaster management students, And they're they're learning how to talk to each other so that there's no miscommunication when you're out in the field. And so that's really how we're approaching education. And I find it really exciting. Like this is what I love to do is create opportunities for our students to be an asset to your firm that you, you can say, you know what, we need that. Mm, and um, that's, that's that, I'm really proud
0: of that. That's really, really smart. I love that cross collaboration because you're right. I mean, reminds me a lot of what business schools are trying to do with you know designing programs to infiltrate, you know, bring the engineering folks in, and because you know business in general, I mean, it touches many components and many skill sets. So that c- cross collaboration is fantastic. Well, this is you know, we're up, up against my mark a little bit, but I'd love to uh, you know if people wanted to learn more about you and the program, where can they find you?
1: Yeah, so they can find me. You can go to the Georgetown uh, SES website and just put in PRCC. That's my entire program right there. You can tweet me. That's probably the best way to get a hold of me at O'Grady, O-G-R-A-D-Y-K-L cool. on Twitter. And I am open for, for conversation always.
0: Awesome. Well, I do appreciate you joining us today on the PR Brunker podcast. And I'm hoping at some point I can go back to your class and corrupt more minds.
1: <laughs> Thanks for having me, girl. You're
0: welcome. You're welcome. Thanks for joining me on the PR Bunker Podcast. This was a fun one. I always thought about what it would be like to go back to journalism school, um, which would be much different than it was when I was in school years ago. But it's good to understand how the uh, young minds of tomorrow's PR game are being taught and what's going on in the classroom there. So. Appreciate Kerry taking the time out from Georgetown University to do the session with me today. Uh, In the meantime, you can find other episodes of the PR Bunker podcast on Spotify and Apple and, of course, on PRBunker.com. And I'll see you guys next time.